praise God. He is Jesus Christ. He's, he is Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. He is the Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. And that name will save you, heal you, bless you, deliver you, loose you, and set you free. And there's no other name but that name that has power to deliver you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, the anointing today is in this place. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Somebody was healed tonight in Jesus' name. I believe that in Jesus' name. I said the virtue of Jesus has been ministering to people in this place. And I believe that someone received their healing. That God answered your prayer tonight. I believe that. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Danny, testify. How good has he been? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> there is a, uh, a lady that I have connected with back several years ago. Brother Chris knows who she is. Her name was Linda Reeder. I've made mention of her to this congregation. And the lady is in her 90s now and used to be a school teacher. And she just connected with me. And God has healed her several times. And, and uh, I woke up the other morning and I thought, I haven't heard from Mrs. Reader in a while. She'll call me every once in a while. We'll... Finally, her daughter got hold of me and she said, Mom is very weak in the hospital in a uh, rehab there. And she said she has requested that you give her a call. And so I called and. Uh, her daughter told me that she wasn't expected to get out for weeks, could be months. And uh, I called Mrs. Reader, and uh, we just spent a while on the phone, had prayer. And then a couple of days later, her daughter named Kay called me. She said, you're not going to believe this. She said, they're discharging mom today. I said, I believe that. Amen, I believe that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is still moving in this last day. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the Word. I know that time is slipping away, but the anointing has been moving in this place, and God has already touched people. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen. I, I thank you all for braving this weather. I know that there's been some flooding going on and right now it's foggy outside after all of the uh, the cold weather and I'm going to try to not hold everyone very long but I do I do want to speak to us tonight and tonight I want you to know that it's it's not my intention to make a shout tonight I'm I'm I just want to I'm going to provoke us I'm going to challenge you I'm going to go a little bit deeper tonight and 
I want you to hear the words that I'm speaking because I believe that there is a great call going forth. I believe today that we are, I know according to the word of God that, that Brother Fisher, we're living in the last moments of time. This is it. This is, uh, this is the last moments and we've got to make it good. We've got to make sure that we get everything right. Amen. And we have to expend that second effort to get across the finish line. And not that we would just get across the finish line, but that our lost loved ones would get across the finish line. Our families, our sons, our daughters. I want to tell everyone Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And there is a call, amen, to people to become ministers. For you to step out of your place of ordinary into the place of extraordinary. But you have to be willing to be called and willing to go and willing to do. And that's what God is looking for in every one of us. So tonight, I want you to know that I believe that it's the will of God that we challenge one another today in this word. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now, I will tell you that I have preached from this portion of Scripture many times and I will tell you again that you will still hear me preach from these same scripture but it's relevant it is so relevant and it is so necessary today amen I want to tell us today that that uh, church is just not a self-help club amen it's not just a feel-good group and uh, I know what brother Chris means when he says, let's do a song to set the mood. But I, I want to let everyone know I don't need a lava lamp to set my mood. Amen. I want you to know that I'm born of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Doesn't matter what this old flesh feels like. I've got God living on the inside of me. Amen. And I, I feel the presence of God in me tonight. And I know you feel him in you. And I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to preach and, or teach or however this may come out. But I... I'm asking you that, that you would allow the word tonight to provoke you and touch you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Listen to this. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Having a form, everyone listen to this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. I want you to know today that God instructs us to get away from people. Get away from people that are denying the power of God and the authority of God. Amen. And we've got to walk in His truth. Praise the Lord. I know tonight that I am I, I'm preaching or teaching to the faithful. I know you are. You're here tonight in this, in this ugly night outside. But I, I want to preach on this topic or teach just one word faithful just faithful faithful amen one day I'm going to hear him say well done thy good and faithful servant 
Enter in. I'm waiting for that word. I want everyone to know that 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 is my desire. That's what I'm, I'm pushing for. And I'm believing tonight God is looking for a faithful people. A faithful people. My. Feel the Holy Ghost so powerfully today. Amen. Why don't we ask that God touch every heart in this place. Lord, we love you today. Oh, I thank you for what I know is here. I thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you today for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've supplied and given. Lord, we ask you today, God, make your word to abide in us. Let us, God, to devour it, Lord. Let it to lift us up. Let it to make us, God, into what you want us to be. Lord, the word says that we are washed by the water of the word. Tonight, wash us with the word. Lord, wash away our mindsets. Wash away, God, this old human attitude. Wash away wrongful desires and Lord let it to be replaced with a desire, a hunger an appetite for holiness and calling of ministry in our life. We ask you this today in the mighty name of Jesus and the church said Amen Praise God. You can be seated tonight Hallelujah Here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 Paul is informing the church prophetically of the condition of men's hearts in the last day This is a prophetic word that was given to the church uh, so that we would all understand. It doesn't take great revelation to understand what day it is that you and I and the church, amen, as a whole exist in. We, We don't have to have great vision to understand that the scripture that I've read into your ear is coming to pass in this very moment that we're living in. God begins to inform us through the word that first men shall be lovers of their own selves. And that means this. It simply means that in the last days, men and women would become so infatuated with their own agendas and their own ideas and their own plans and their own prosperity that they would have little time for God. Amen? They would have little concern for others. In other words, as long as I have mine, as long as I've got mine, as long as I'm not inconvenienced, as long as God's plan did not invade my territory, everything will be all right. Is this all right? Amen. The book of Revelation tells us this. Very same sickness would not only infect the world, but it would also infect the church. Amen. And that's scary. Amen. And that one day, amen, that in this church age, we would see some of these very own things. John 17 tells us that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen. If we could see this today, as long as Noah's ark was in the water... Noah and his family were okay. They were right where they needed to be. Amen. But if the water were to get into the ark, Noah and his family would not have survived. Mike could preach about that today. Amen. I would tell you this. Amen. As long as the church is in the world, amen, we're okay. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. As long as we are here, amen, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light. Amen. That is set upon the hill. We, we cannot be hidden. But oh, it's a sad day when the world gets into the church. 
Amen. That's when we get in trouble, when we become worldly and the attitude of the world takes us over and pretty soon we have lost hold of God's agenda and God's perspective and God's calling in our life and we are no longer living according to what God would direct. I want to challenge us tonight. Amen. It's time that we would examine our lives. And I, I would even say this tonight. Amen. I know that we're always looking for a deeper revelation of God. I, I want that so deeply and I want a better understanding of it. Paul said that I may know him, amen, in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know who Jesus is. But I want to tell you today, you'll never fully understand who Jesus is until you get a great revelation of who you are. Amen. You will never know who God is in His completeness without knowing you. And, who, and this is something that we have struggled with, amen, through the ages. You can find, amen, that when God, uh, uh, there was a burning bush. There was a man by the name of Moses that turned aside to see what it was, what happened. God, amen, He, he met him there. What happened? He said, take off the shoes. Amen. Because the ground you're walking on is holy ground. Amen. God's first words to him were this. Get rid of some things. Hallelujah. And then he began to talk to him and tell him of calling. He began to instruct him. And then you find this. Moses began to say, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Gideon, you... The, the, the angel found him hiding behind the wine press. The angel confronted him and said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said, who are you talking about? Who am I? When he called Saul, Saul said, I, I'm the smallest of the tribes. I'm, I'm nobody. They had no revelation of themselves and the greatness that God had intended for them in their lives. So I want us to know this, that, that God has, amen, great ministry for us, for every one of us. If 12 men can turn the world upside down, what can this body of believers do in the kingdom of Christ? <laughs> to the last church age, Jesus said this, and I'm... I'm talking of this attitude that had crept into the world that was spoken of in 2 Timothy. The last church age, Jesus said, I know thy works. He's speaking of the Laodicean church, and I believe it is a church age that he is speaking of. He said, I know thy, thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. But because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. I would tell the church this, you need to be careful of lukewarmness. Amen. When you're not stirred in God, you're in trouble. But you to hear me today. When you feel no burden to pray, when you feel no burden to connect with God, when you are not pressed into the house of God, I want you to know you're living on a dangerous plane. Amen. He said lukewarm. He said I will spew you out of my mouth. That means this, amen, that he would simply throw you up. Said, all right. Amen. It's what the word says. Amen. I want to hear these words. Jesus is speaking to our generation. He said, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. He said, Knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. With the church to hear me today, be careful 
today of serving self. Be careful today. I need y'all to help me with the children. Be careful today of serving self. Amen? Instead of serving God. And I want to tell us why. Because it's so very easy to do. Serving self is so easy to justify. Because I need it. Because we have to do this. Because we have to survive. Because we have to live. Amen. Scripture goes on to tell us of this generation that you and I live in. Now, I I would tell everyone I'm not speaking negatively. I'm speaking positively about the outcome of what's going to happen. But I do want to tell us today that we've got to beware of the negatives. And I want you to know today that that if I spent all my time as a pastor patting everybody on the back and never preached about sin, Brother Danny, I'd be a poor pastor. Amen. If all I did was come in here and cheer you up and tell you you can make it another week, I want you to know that's a poor pastor. Amen. I want us to understand we have to be equipped for the battles that we're facing. And I, I want to tell everybody this. This is, this is pressing on me. Amen. There is a lost and dying world outside of the four walls of the church. And if we do not become concerned with ministry in our life, that world will be lost. Amen. So we've got to be careful in this last moment of time of serving self. Scripture goes on to tell us about this generation that we are living in. This is, this is what's happening around us. He said in the last days, perilous times would come. He said people would be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. We are living today in an age to where children are blatantly disobedient to parents. I will tell you as, as someone raised up in a... In almost in a baby boomer generation, amen, that I'm going to tell you that there's times that I'm aghast at the way I hear children talk to parents. Is that all right? I'm just preaching. Amen. He said this is a sign of the last days that we're living in. He said there would be people that would become unthankful and unholy. And then he goes to tell us that men would be without natural affection. That don't, that's everywhere. Truce breakers, false accusers. And then he said this, an incontinent. I'm going to, every one of these are worthy preaching points. I could spend hours on every one of these areas. But if I could, I want to take just a few more minutes on this last little word that is a spiritual life changer. And it's this, incontinent, which most of us adults know is inconsistent. Everyone say inconsistent. I want to break this word down in the Greek. It comes from akrates. And it means this. Actually, it differs a little from what it's given us to us by King James. And it means this, without self-control. Without self-control. Or unfaithful. Men in the last day. Women in the last day. Many church members in the last day. Will struggle with unfaithfulness. 
2 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 3. I would read this to our hearing today. Again, speaking of the last day. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering unto him. What is he speaking of? The last moments of the last day. He said this, that you'd be not soon shaken in mind, nor troubled by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come what? A falling away first. What's going to happen? What's happening? An unfaithfulness in the last day. Unfaithful. We serve a God today that is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. When you need Him, He's there. When you call on Him, He's there. When you speak His name, He's there. Amen. Psalms 121 says this, He who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. What is he saying? He is always there. Always. He's always there. David said it like this, If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, he said, thou art there. If I take the wings of morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, he said, even there thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. I want to tell us today, you are never alone. Never. When you feel alone, I want you to know that God is there. How do I know that? Because you can't escape his presence. You might not feel him, but you might be feeling with your flesh. Amen. I want you to hear me today. Be careful in this last day and hour that we do not become unfaithful. Could you imagine having need of him and him not being there? I want you to consider for a moment. I'm asking for your attention just for a few minutes. I promise I'm not going to preach much longer. Could you imagine having need of him and him not being there? Could you imagine having prayer time and him not being there? I you to think about that for a moment. Could you imagine having need of him in an emergency and he's taking a break? Could you imagine him saying, I'm sorry, you're not on the top of my list today. Boy, that's a scary thought, isn't it? I'm sorry. Amen. I'm not going to be there for you today. Could you imagine him saying, I haven't scheduled you into my day today. You haven't taken priority in my life today. I have too much to do. I have too many places for me to go. I have worked too hard and there's just not enough of me left for you today. I just don't have enough time for you today. I'm going on vacation. Amen? I'm going to go take care of some other folks today. We could never imagine that, could we? Amen? Why? Because he's faithful. We serve a faithful God. But I wonder today if I were to do a spiritual assessment of my life. If I were to look on the inside. 
How many times has that been our life? Is this all right? Can I, can I provoke us to think tonight? How many times have we put God on the back burner? How many times have we told Him here, Amen, in, in here, Amen, I, I, I'll get to you when, when I have time. I'm going to try today, Lord, to schedule you into my service, but there are some things that take priority in my life. Amen, I've got to make sure that I get up in the morning and I check in on Facebook, see how everybody else is doing, and then... Amen, I've got to head to work and I've got to take care of some things. And then I've got to take care of the children. I've got to take care of supper. I've got to take care of laundry. I've got to take care of all these things. And I'm going to try to work you in. Can you imagine, amen, God looking at you in your time of emergency and saying, you know what, I'm just going to try to work you in. No, we would never one time consider that. Why? Because he's faithful. Sister Moore, he's faithful to us. Amen. Amen. Today, if we're not careful, we could take on the attitude of the church of Laodicea. How do we know that? Because he's speaking of the church age in which you and I are living in today. That's the day that we're living in today that said this, I'm rich and I have need of nothing. I want you to understand today that we all deal with these issues in our life. And, and you know, we have talked about the problems of our life and the, the troubles and the the, 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 the strenuous things that we go through and the emotional turmoil and the stress that we face. And I'm telling you today, we're under such stress today. Amen. That if we're not careful, our stress will overtake us. But I want us to know this, that we've got to make sure that we are very careful not to only need Him in the turmoil time of our life. We've got to make sure that that's not the time that I... I want us to understand today this, that, that if Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, and maybe prayer meeting on Saturday are the only time that I tune into Him on the dial of my life, I want you to know this, that I have literally put Him on the back burner of my life. Amen. Today, I know today I'm, I'm speaking to the faithful, and today I... I want everyone to know that I'm not pointing fingers at, at, at anyone. I'm here today to provoke us, amen, to consider some things, amen, about our life and about the attitude of the world. And if we're not careful, it'll take over the attitude of the church. Amen. I, I, I've got to make, I, I wonder today if, if, if you, if he's, if he's the groom and we are the bride, can you imagine men telling your wife, I'll get with you next Sunday? Some of the wives might be happy about that. I'll, I'll schedule you into my service this next coming Wednesday. I'll put you there. I've got you slotted in as long as nothing else takes precedence or I, I don't have a family emergency. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to work you in. My wife would club me over the head. Either that or she would disown me once. She would say, if you ain't got time for me every day. I, I want you to hear me today. I, I'm infatuated with that woman. I'm in love with her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet and the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I love my wife. Brother Danny, 
I send her a text every day. I love you. Men, hear me today. Boyfriends, girlfriends, listen to me today. Wives, hear me today. If your husband don't text you every once in a while, you need to ask him what's going on. Are you really the love of his life? Because I'm telling you, when you become infatuated with somebody, they'll take up every bit of time you've got. It'll take precedence in your life. Pretty soon you'll, you'll be like Brother John and this young lady up here. I've got to kick them apart. Half the time, I've got to shake them. Say, Brother John, y'all quit holding hands. Ain't no need of that. You see what I'm saying? All the time. Brother Chris, get him. He's yours. He ain't mine. I want y'all to hear me. That's how it ought to be in your relationship with God. Oh, I want you to hear me today. I'm telling you, God's been spanking this old pastor. I want you to know that he needs to take precedence in our life. He needs to be able to speak to our lives and speak to our hearts and direct us and redirect us and and call us and speak to us. And, And if not, do we love him? Jesus told Peter, he said, lovest thou me? Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. Peter, lovest thou me? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, lovest thou me? Peter got frantic. He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, well, then that's all right, Peter. No, he didn't. He said, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. You'll get busy with ministry in your life and you'll reach out into a lost and dying world and you'll save somebody and your likes will be my dis. Oh, my likes and your loves will be my love and my hates will be your hates. Why? Because we love them. We love them. Do you hear me today? If we serve a God that is faithful and is constant day in and day out, would it not be reasonable for us, his children, to possess the same attribute? If he's the bridegroom and I'm the bride and he's there 24-7, 365 for me, should I not also be there for him that much? Would it not be acceptable for me to reciprocate the same in our relationship with one another because I believe that there's times we're wondering where God is. And it's really us. I I told a story about an, an older gentleman and his wife riding along together and there was a young couple in front of them like Brother John, Sister Bree. And they looked up in that that car ahead of them and that young couple, he was driving and she was just all over him and had her arm around him and loving on him and carrying on. And that wife looked at her husband, the older couple, and she looked at him and said, 
Well, you remember when we used to do that? He said, honey, I ain't never moved. I'm still driving the car. You're the one that slid over. I want you to hear me today. God has never moved. He's the constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me ask you today, have you moved? Have you drifted away? Have you, oh, listen, are you faithful? Do you love him like you say you do? I'm not here again to point fingers. I'm here to provoke us. Amen. Jesus said this to the multitudes. He said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, his wife and his children and his brethren and his sisters and his own life, and also he said, he cannot be my disciple. Now that does not mean that Christ gave us instruction to hate our spouses or to hate our children. Or to hate our family. Matter of fact, we're to honor our mother and father. That's the second commandment. Amen. With promise. We find that written in the word of God. Amen. But, but if we could understand this today. Amen. God wasn't saying, amen, that, that you're to hate them. Jesus wasn't saying that. He was saying this. That if your love for me is not so supreme. That your relationship with your family would be considered in that manner. That's how much precedence Christ is to mean in our lives. Some would say, well, that that would make my spouse jealous. That's good. That's good. Amen. Because I want them to know, as you should want them to know, amen, that you love God first and foremost in your life. Amen. I, I want you to hear me today. This is the truth of the matter one day. We know this to be true. Our spouses will forsake us. It's the truth. Happens, doesn't it, Sister Massey? The Bible speaks of it. Our, 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 our mothers and fathers, the Bible said, will forsake us. Not that they leave us here. But they can't always be with us in the flesh. But thank God, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the ends of the world. Amen. I'll I'll always be with you. Amen. You hear me today. I go today still and I spend time at my father's grave. And I sit there. I put a seat for mom there. and We gather around there. I will go there. and, And dad's gone. He's with the Lord. He's at a place that I'm striving to reach but did you know when I get there I begin to meditate and then I begin to talk to the Lord and in a few minutes I begin to feel the Holy Ghost I begin to feel the presence of God why? because though men leave us God never leaves us He's faithful He's always there He's always there I want you to hear me today the Bible said and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me He said, they can't be my disciple. How many want to be his disciples? Just all right today. He said, and likewise, whosoever or whoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. What does that mean that you're supposed to 
go and sell all you have and give to the poor. And No, it doesn't mean that. It means this, that your love for God has to outweigh anything else in this world. Your position in Him, your longing for Him, your ministry has to weigh this heavy in your life. In your life. It has to matter. Why? Because it's God. And God is faithful to me and I am called to be faithful to God. Amen. There was a time that I accepted a call to pastor before I ever came here. Some may think that's strange, but I'm going to explain it to you. I remember the moment that I accepted my call and the hour that I accepted my call. I can tell you to the exact square foot that I stood behind a church with tears running down my face. And I said, Lord, I know there's a calling in my life. And I said, I'll go and I'll do and I'll be whatever you want me to be. And when I opened that, I gave him permission to lead me into ministry. And, and I left when the opportunity came. I left a job. I sold a business. We sold a house. We abandoned a church that we were part of. Amen. For almost 20 some odd years. Where the place where I received the Holy Ghost. The place where our children prayed through. The altar where we were married. I left that place. Amen. I, I made a, a, a very good living there. And I walked away from that business. Why? Because I love him. And I said Lord I'm willing to do Whatever you want me to do. Amen. Let me tell us today. Amen. I have walked away from much in my life. I, I'll, I'll never forget that. I was working in a program. Training men and women. And, and that job required. That I would. I would work on Wednesday nights. And I would work on revival nights. I'm not here to pound people for work. I, I want you all to know that. But I was required to do that and I knew that with my ministry and the calling and the placement that God had for me in my life, Brother Danny, that it would not work. And I tried to have my schedule changed and I said, this is not going to work. And they said, Mr. Cook, we can't change that. That's already been fixed. And I know what it was is because God had made me so successful in the place that I was at that I was advancing and they didn't want me to leave. They wouldn't give me my old position back. And I walked in the office and I said, I'm turning in my two weeks time. That was in a day when there wasn't a lot of money floating around and I was making big dollars. And I'll never forget the look on my manager and he said, are you crazy? I said, no. I'm in love with God. And I said, he matters to me so much in my life that I refuse to put him second in my ministry. I came home and I told my wife. She sat down and cried. Some would say, Brother Cook, you're crazy. No, I wasn't. I was called. Brother Nathan, I had a calling in my life. I had something provoking me. If I were to tell you what I made the last quarter of my life before I became a pastor, it would flabbergast you. I'm not saying that to promote me. But I am saying it to say this. I gladly walked away from every dollar. Because God had calling in my life. And he knew there was a sister more. 
and a brother more that needed me worse than I needed dollars. There's a calling that's going out to us today. And if we are not careful, we are so busy gathering and doing and promoting our life and ourself that our remote control at our easy chair can take precedence over God in our life. I'm just being honest with us today. He said, and whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Today I'm not finger pointing and I'm, I'm trying to finish. I'm not here condemning anyone in the church I know that this group of people loves God. I know you're here and you came on a rough night out there and you're faithful. But I am here today because God instructed me to provoke us to consider some things. Maybe it's in some Facebook world out there that somebody needs to hear this. What am I doing for the kingdom? What is my ministry? Am I really available for him? Can he speak to me and be heard? Can he call me and get an answer? Can he beckon me and I come? Can he instruct me and I obey? Even though it's a conflict of my schedule and a conflict of my likes, conflict of my promotion and a conflict in all areas of my life how much do I love him I was I walked in Sunday and I was making my rounds as I do every Sunday morning and uh, Sister Moore was in the nursery she was running a vacuum cleaner and she was crying. And I want to explain this. And the reason that she was crying is because the kids had gone into the, the nursery area and they had eaten the snacks in the class. They had scattered the toys and they had made a mess. And it was a horrible mess. And we can say, oh, those terrible kids. But I want to explain something to us today. Our praise team and our teachers come down and they spend hours and hours working here. Coming and doing and going. If you get here when they're here, you're going to realize that they can't be on the praise team at the same time and watch their children. So their children have to be able to either be around them or run around as they are learning courses and playing pianos and Doing all of that. And, and let me tell you, I, I don't have one regret. I, I love our children doing that. But I want to provoke us today. I have begged for years for someone to help with nursery ministry. But it's not my thing. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to be inconvenienced. I, I, I struggle with kids. I I have this going on in my life. Do you love him? 
Do you love him enough to be inconvenienced in your life? Do you, do you love him enough to be put out in your life? Do you love him enough to say, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you mean, what, whatever direction that you would have me, I'm, I'm willing to do. Let me tell us today, if we're not careful, we want the microphone. But we don't want the broom. We, we, we want the visible job that everybody sees. But we don't want the invisible work that we don't want to do. We always want somebody else to do that for us. And somebody will. And somebody will always take care of it. But let me tell you today that we are living in an age that people are struggling now to work and to do in church. And I want you to know that even in every church, it doesn't matter which one, that leaders are becoming overwhelmed. Pastors are becoming overwhelmed. Sunday school teachers are becoming overwhelmed because of the lack of help. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm provoking. I'm not, I'm not shaming. I'm, I'm calling us to consider today the help that people need today. I will never forget, I, I had that same calling to, to preach before I had a calling to pastor. And I, uh, I fought my calling with everything that I had. I did not want to preach. I, I've always been one of them ones that, uh, some, Brother Cartner, we were talking, he said, Brother Cook, you're a visionary. I said, I'm not a visionary. I said, you got me messed up with somebody. I said, everywhere I've gone, God has drugged me kicking and screaming. Uh, it's just, I've always ran. I, I didn't, but I always succumbed. I always gave in. And I always said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do. But I fought the call. My wife will tell you, of preaching for years in my life. My father was a preacher. My brother was a pastor. I came from a long line of preachers and pastors. And I said, I'm not going in that direction. I said, I want to come and sit on a pew and love God and not do anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And that calling, God knew how to apply pressure. And, and Brother Moore, I was trying to outrun God. And, and he finally caught up with me. And I, one night... I would dream about preaching and here I was fighting the calling. And One night I woke up out of a dead sleep preaching to my wife. Talking about a weird way to wake up. And she looked at me and she said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to go talk to my pastor. And my pastor told me, he said, he said, I know that. A good pastor will understand callings. He'll recognize it. I know when men are called and women are called. I know. And he said, I tell you what. He said, you go see the Sunday school superintendent. Brother Alvin Allison. One of the greatest men, godly men that I've ever met in my life. And he ran the Sunday school department. In a beautiful manner. But a stern manner. And I went to Brother Alvin and I said, Brother Alvin, pastor has told me to come to you and tell you to use me in any way that you can. And however, and I'll never forget his words to me. He said, Brother Phil, he said, I can't use you. 
And I said, you can't use me. He said, no, sir, I can't use you. And I said, why can't you use me? And he said, because you work a swing shift. And he said, you're gone either every second or third week. And he said, these children are dealing with inconsistency in their life. In their home. In their parents. He said, they're facing inconsistency every day. And he said, the last thing I can do is to put an inconsistent teacher in front of them. It broke my heart. And I went home and I... I went to the bedroom and I shut the door and I began to pray and I said, God, I need you to work out something in my life. I said, I, I, I know. I said, I've been fighting you for years and I finally made an admission. You, you need to do something. I worked at ICI Acrylics on an acrylic line and an extruder that made lights and different things. And I'll never forget, I, I was getting off of a shift, of a job, making very good money. At a time when there wasn't a lot of money. And my boss walked up to me and he said, at the end of the shift today, he said, just pack your stuff and go home. He said, you're done. I was one of the best workers in the plant. He never gave me a reason. But I knew why. Because the day before, I had the man of God tell me, that something had to be fixed in my life to do what God called me to do. And he knew that teaching a primary class, which is where I began, to a junior class, to the senior class, to an adult class, to the youth group, to assistant pastor, to becoming the pastor, that that was all God's plan for me. And that that I, I thought was so horrible was one of the pivotal moments of my life that changed me forever. And I realized that my plans really depend on God. I want you to hear me today. I'm not hoping that anyone gets fired. Please don't do nothing to get fired. But I will tell you this. That not only does God need use of your ministry, but you need ministry in your life. Be willing to be used. Why? Because this unsettled world out here needs a group of faithful people that will say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I'll say whatever you want me to say. And just be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Stand with me.